All right. Now, let's take a look at some. How many of y'all like that, that snake video? No, that's, that, yeah, nobody's going camping now. Everybody's like, nah. We're going to the Black Creek Trail. Uh, there won't be any snakes out, okay? Right, Jerry? Isn't that the way it works? Um, yeah, there's no snakes on the Black Creek. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Mississippi. That's too far north for there to be snakes, right? Yeah. Once a sweep of the area, get them all out. This is all a big lie. Um, so here's what I want to ask. Um, what is it that you look at maybe not snakes, what is it you see or something maybe even in your house that you look at and you go, nope, nope, not going to do it, not going to deal with it? Dishes. Dishes, oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. Just My mom saw a mouse yesterday at our house. Wait, what, what happened? My mom saw a mouse at our house yesterday. Oh. A mouse. <laughs> I don't know about it. Just a, a big mouse. More like a rat? <laughs> More like the size of a hamster. Just Maybe like, it is a hamster. Maybe there's a pet that Michael has. You just don't know. <laughs> what else? We have a, uh, uh, for those of you that have multiple kids, we have a sock basket. <laughs> and it is filled with all of our socks. We don't have any socks in our drawer because it's too much of a pain to try to sort them all. So we just root around in the basket. And every once in a while, somebody... We'll bring it out and just dump it right in the middle of the living room, thinking maybe somebody else will will sort these. No. So I walk in. I'm like, nope, nope. So. The new fashion is not to have socks to match anyway. Well, I have been in fashion for years. Now, if that's the case, because Ty's feet are close to my feet now, and it's hard to figure out whose is whose. And Lee steals my socks. She loves my socks. So, no gold toes. Stay away from my gold toes. What else? What else? Anything you look at and you go, nope. Spiders. Spiders? Oh, I've got a video for you today. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, so in life, there's, a, there, there's actually a lot of this stuff. Um, but have you ever been in Scripture and you're reading something and you run across it and you go... Maybe it's probably internally because you go, no, did that really happen or what? You know, you know what I'm talking about. Anybody ever do that? Can y'all think of any examples that that has happened? Everybody's, it's okay. We can we can throw things out. We're gonna. This is what I'm doing right now. Is I'm actually developing the topics for the next three weeks. So if we don't develop them, it's this is gonna be weird. We'll just stare at each other. So. What is it? What is it? What is something that you've read or saw or thought or maybe it's just something that you're dealing with and you can't? You just know. Joey, uh, some of the stuff in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, the laws. Mm. Uh, so, like the mixing of fabrics. Ah, uh, yes, yes, the law. That's a great one. Okay, the law, fabrics. There's a bunch of crazy stuff in the law, actually. And we don't seem to do anything with them nowadays. We would all be incredible sinners in um, the Old Testament because we're probably all wearing something with nylon and cotton. And that was 
not to be right. There was a purpose, there was a reason. So that's a good one. What else? Grunt? Stories of great strength, whether it was David versus Goliath or Samson versus the Philistines. Mm. You know, even though they like, take Samson, I mean, he was a man set up for success, but he continually failed one step at a time, yet God was <coughs> to give him strength. Right. Yeah, and that's interesting because you don't see guys like that nowadays, right? Samson, and then he cut his hair, and you're like, what's up with that? I mean, so, okay, that's a good one. That's good. What else? This is a three, we got three more weeks, so I need at least one more. So. What was the question? What was the question? The question is, what have, what have you read in Scripture, and you run across it and you go, no. The whole book of Revelation. Revelation? That's going to be a long Sunday, but okay. All right. Okay. Does it have to be a specific story, or can it be something in a story? Yeah, it can be anything. Yeah. Why does God choose to bless certain people even though they're sinning? Like, people that have multiple wives and things like that. Yeah. Multiple wives? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to hold my comment on that, because <laughs> I love my wife. And I can I gotta give all my energy to her. I don't know how anybody would do two. That's crazy. Not yeah. two. There's like hundreds and some people. Yeah. All right. So how how would we phrase that? Um, uh, how God blesses or why God blesses? Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll remember that. Anybody else? Anything else? That's a good one. I like that one. Well, here's what I want to do today. Today I want to talk about general sin. We all have sin in our lives, right? And, and so we'll run across things in the Bible, and, and oftentimes we'll run across some things, and they hit right where we're struggling. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, oh, and your first reaction is just to go, no. Because if you, if you just go hang out with the rest of the world, they'll tell you, it's okay. There's no, you don't have to worry about that. That book's so old. It was written by a bunch of different people. And didn't somebody, weren't they all sitting around a table, writing it up, making it up as they go, which we've talked about that, and we know that's not true. Um, but you can, you can get validation and comfort from other people to say, no, just, just sit in it. It's okay. And so, today I want to talk about general sin. Now, let me ask you this. Why do we sin? Because it's fun. Right. I mean, sin is fun. Let's, let's, let's just admit to it. Sin is fun. Right? We wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun. Right? Um, but the thing is, it's also destructive. It's very destructive. In Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 38 and 39, Peter has come out, they've just received the Holy Spirit, and he gives this great message. And in part of the message, he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And, and so, notice in verse 38, go back to verse 38, Matt. Um, 
it says, repent. Repent is just turning away from sin that you have in your life, right? And, and I, it's easy to talk about, oh, just repent. But man, is it hard to do. And we're going we're gonna to talk some more about that. But in verse 39, he says, this promise, when you repent and you, you align yourself being baptized with Christ um, in, the, in the name of Jesus Christ, you receive forgiveness for your sins. You're changing and God is changing you through the Holy Spirit. And so Peter is saying, I want you to turn from your old life and align yourself with Jesus. And so here's what he's doing. He is telling us, he wants to instruct us on how to say, nope, right? No, don't, don't do it. Go to the next one, uh, Matt. Ready? Yeah. Nope, 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 nope. Y'all seen that one? Nope, 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 nope. It's an octopus. He's just running away from something, right? No, don't do it. He's instructing us and telling us how to say no, okay? All right, you can kill that. That'll just be distracting going back and forth the whole time. Repentance is, is acknowledging that you don't follow God. In, in this, if you're not a, a Christ follower, it's acknowledging that you don't follow God at all. If you are a Christ follower... We probably can all admit that we have some sort of sin somewhere in our lives. Let me ask something. Has anybody here figured out how not to sin? Anybody? I'm raising my hand just to show you of an example of a raised hand. I don't agree with, I can't, I don't, right? Nobody. And so, you cannot repent without full committance. You cannot repent without full committance. It can't be wishy-washy. Peter didn't tell people to go and change, you know, change some ways that you don't like and keep the ways that you do. He says, repent. It's a blanket statement. And he told them to change everything that has sin. Paul, Paul also tells us how to say nope. Right? Go to the next one. Matt, you got it? Y'all see that? right up your alley, Ashley, right? That's <laughs> how life ends, right? Paul tells us how to say nope as well. 2 Timothy 2.22, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Flee from the desires of youth. And it's in the youth, I mean, you can go next door, we can hang out with those older people, they, uh, they don't have fun like we have fun, right? Our fun is different from their fun. And here's the thing. You could make a case to say their fun's probably less sinful. Now, you may look at them and you go, yeah, but they're boring, right? But they're good people. They have great hearts. And they've gone through a lot of stuff in their life. And they've got examples on how not to sin. And they've got a lot to offer us. And every area that has sin has to be changed. So often we, we say, well, I'm going to change. I'm going to change. But then we don't put any effort into it. That's, that's where the rubber meets the road, right? You can't say, I'm going to change. And then not do anything. Jesus calls us to work hard to follow him. Jesus calls us to sacrifice to follow him. Jesus calls us to be selfless. Jesus, over and over again, says we need to deny ourselves to follow him. This is what separates Christ followers 
from posers, right? I, I know mega churches. I know tiny churches that are filled with Christ followers. And then I know other churches that are filled with just posers. You can walk in and, and you be on staff for a little while and you're like, what is going on here? People are going through the motions and they say the right things, but at home, they're no different than the, the world. And if our life doesn't look any different than the world, we're just posers. Um, now, in the past, to be a well-dressed man, it meant a lot of times shoes and belt, maybe, maybe the coat, right, the cut of your coat. Lately, I've seen there's been a, a slight transition, and it's the tie, right? Lately, it's, it's been the tie, and, and specifically the tie knot. You know, whether you can do a, a Windsor or, or a double Windsor. If you can pull off a Trinity knot, anybody ever seen those? It's like a big, I don't know, knot with three things. It's really cool looking. Um, I worked real hard on my, on my Windsor knot this morning. Can y'all see this? Y'all see here, y'all want to see it a little bit better? Belinda, you need to see that? Here's, I got five of these for Christmas. The, the, the church next door is going to go crazy. Um, I mean, I can look good, but I'm just, I'm a poser, right? This is, I'm just a poser because it's not real. I, I'm not actually putting forth the effort. And tying a tie is hard for me. I don't know what it is, but... So why is it so hard to stop sinning? It's because it's fun. But we cannot deny the fact that impure fun after, after that moment or, or whatever it is leads to heartache and, and shame and regret and pain. So how many of you like chocolate? Anybody like chocolate? Joey? Yeah, we got some chocolate lovers. All right, somebody describe to me what it's like to eat a... a, a Butter. What's your favorite chocolate, Joey? You're 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 a chef. You tell me something amazing and exotic. Uh, I like seventy percent dark. Uh, so it's we're up to eighty five percent, but it's it's a little bit better, um, rich. It's uh, got the dark chocolatey coffee notes. Mm. Uh, that kind of thing. That sounds good. A little buttery. Right. A little buttery. Well, chocolate has the cocoa butter. I'm all about butter. Like any butter <laughs> makes anything better. Stays. Like when it melts. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Joey, I'm. I'm sorry to tell you, Joey, you are allergic to to chocolate, and and I, it was good, but you've just died. So. I, I apologize. Yeah, that's, that's what it's like. As a Christ follower, every time you indulge in sin, you're going to experience that, that, oh, that high for a moment, right? I am a Butterfinger guy. Oh, my goodness. You give me a Butterfinger, and I'm, it, I'm in Jamaica, right? It's just, mm, even though that's not a Jamaican food, right? I can put, I, the kids are running around. It's chaos. I'm just like, oh, this is amazing, right? Every time you indulge in sin, you, you experience that high for a moment, while at the same time you're harming yourself and your relationship with Christ. So last week we, we finished up our Christmas series, um, and we talked about the Magi. Y'all remember, we talked about how 
the, the Pharisees were called, and they came, and Herod, King Herod said, Where, where's the king going to be born? And they said, in Bethlehem. And, and in the way that they described it, it was with such indifference. It's just like, oh, he's going to be in Bethlehem. And then they went home. If you're a religious leader, you should say, in Bethlehem, wait, has he been born? I'm off. I'll see you later. Right? And they should be trucking it to Bethlehem. But they just said, uh, in Bethlehem, that's where he's supposed to be born. And, and we're not too far off from that in many areas of our lives, if we're really truly honest with ourselves. We're indifferent to the things that we want to hang on to. And we're indifferent into the, to the things where God is calling us and challenging us to step forward. Jesus tells us to say, nope. Two. Play that next one here, Matt. This one's for you, Ashley. Here we go. Watch this. Oh, wait. No, that one's for Matt. I'm sorry. Matt and Tia. Look at that. He ain't getting in that bath. Right? Luke, Luke. It's a cat. It needs a bath. Um, <laughs> my bad. My bad. I'm a dog guy. Uh, Luke 8, 14. Here's what Jesus says. He's talking about the, the, a farmer. He's giving a parable, and, he's, and this farmer's throwing seed around. I'm not going to go through all the seeds, but one of the seeds, it says, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they don't mature. They don't mature. My heart as a pastor is to see us mature in Christ. To see us grow in Christ. And if you are hanging on to sin, you cannot grow. God, God will keep pointing that sin out. And he'll keep saying, if you want to move forward, you've got to get rid of this. We cannot be indifferent to the sin that is in our lives. As the pastor, you know what one of my primary roles is? It's encouraging. It's rebuking. Right? It's um, maybe jumping on you if... If I need to, some of you guys have experienced that. You know I love you, but sometimes I got to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe, maybe you don't respond to that, and maybe it's just loving you, right? There's different ways that people respond, and so my job is to try to figure that out and forgive me if I'm still figuring it out because it will take me some time. Um, but, but I want to, to love you in such a way that you want to see God grow in your life. And you wouldn't want me as a pastor if... If I didn't, you wouldn't be here in our particular church if you didn't want that, because you'd be at, at a larger church and, you know, the pastor comes on the stage and he walks off and you never meet him, that kind of thing. Right. Um, the reason you're here at our church is because you love that family that we have. And so whenever I talk to guys, I've got some friends in our neighborhood. They're not Christians and They'll share with me something they did or said or, or saw. And I love them to death and we're such good friends. But I'll say, whoa, that's not good for your heart, man. And you think the reaction is pastor or whatever. But they know I care for them. And their reaction is, you know what, you're right. Almost every time it's, it's yeah, I probably shouldn't do that again. I probably shouldn't watch that again. Or, or I'll say something like, man, you got to be careful about that because that's going to stick in your heart and your mind. Yeah, you're, you're right. And it's amazing to see how unchurched people, people who don't have a relationship with Christ, change. And, and, they, and they make changes to their life. Now, if it's one of us and it's a Christian, y'all know me, when we go to lunch, 
I'll just say, that's sin, man. You don't want to keep doing that. That's going to hurt your relationship with Christ. Uh, yesterday, my sons played their first basketball game, um, and they did well. I was pretty proud of them. Uh, but I noticed that the kids who were scoring on them were doing so because there was no defense. Like They were playing man-on-man. And, um, for instance, uh, Eli, we were playing against Chaz and, and Evan's team. So y'all know they're all in our church. So it was really kind of weird because uh, I was cheering for one while, you know, like Chaz and Ty were on each other. So it was really torn, you know. I was like going for Ty, but Chaz, when he had the ball, I wanted him to score too. But I don't want him to score because I want Ty to stuff him. And it's, oh, it's painful, right? Chaz is really good. Um, so, but Eli, y'all know Eli, my, my uh, middle child, uh, youngest son. Um, the last quarter, for whatever reason, the coach puts, put him on the best kid on the other team. I mean, this kid, he's like this tall, but he's like dribbling around everybody. And Eli, y'all know Eli, he's a lover, not a fighter, right? I mean, he's just, he's walking down the court. Anytime Ty made a score, he's jumping all over his back. All right, way to go, Ty, you know. And he's down on the other end of the court, and his man has the ball. He's bringing it up. And he sees something off at the concession stand, right? He's like, hot dog, right? And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm filming all this, right? I didn't get a chance to put it up. I would have showed you. And, um, and then the next time, the, the kid blew right by him. I mean, just blew right by him, goes up, lays up. And Eli didn't even know. He's just like, oh, oh hot dog, right? That's what he's like. The next time, the kid brings it down the court again. Same thing, Eli sees somebody over in the stands, and he's like, hey, what's up? You know, he's all about making friends. And the kid blows right by him again. And I'm up in the, up in the upper deck, the second story, filming, and I, I was holding my tongue, holding my tongue, because I got it on camera, and I finally just went, Eli, cover your man, right? And something snapped in him. He's like, oh, yeah, I've got a job to do here. And I was so excited because he performed shutdown defense on this kid. This kid was so frustrated. I'm talking about 9 and 10-year-olds here, okay? So don't get too excited. He was so frustrated and so aggravated because when Eli wants to aggravate somebody, he is king, okay? I mean, in our house, oh my gosh, he is so good at it. So he just started aggravating this kid. And just started swiping at him. And the kid couldn't do anything. He couldn't pass it. He was so angry. And, and he got in the car. And he's like, I made that guy mad. I didn't mean to make him mad. I was like, dude, high five. You know, just way to go. Congratulations, right? He played amazing defense. And here's the thing. It's the same with our sin. When you look at your life in offense and defense, when you play defense against sin, you're going to start to see areas of your life that you need to shut down, right? I've got to shut this area down. And if you don't play constant defense, sin is going to constantly score in your life. One point after another after another. If you let it score too many points, you just don't care anymore. And then you just don't hear from the Holy Spirit because sin's going to be so normal in your life. And then it overtakes you and has won the game. But if you'll play constant bloody nose defense, right? The type, Mark can tell us about defense. When I played Mark in basketball, because he played college ball, he takes his fingers, and the refs don't see this, but he, he drives them into you, and it's, it's painful. You, you want to you get out of the paint. 
right? It's, when you're playing that type of defense, you're going to frustrate the devil. You're going to frustrate his schemes. When you play great defense, not only will it frustrate the devil, but it opens up the offense. You're going to be able to talk to God in a clearer way. You'll be able to hear from him. You'll be able to listen to his voice. You'll be able to make wise decisions. You'll know the, the next step that he has from, for, your, for your life and his plan. These are things that you have to be aware of. But it only comes from fighting off the sin and saying no to, to all these sinful things. Repenting of your old life and, and then diving headlong into your relationship with Christ. Now, now let me... Um, let me close with a story about Moses. What, what do we know about Moses? What's that? Part of the Red Sea. Right, right, Red Sea. All right, what else? Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments, right. What else? Leader? Joey? Um, after he loved them out of Egypt, um, the rest of his life wandering through the desert. Yeah, yep. yeah, wandering in the desert, right. Mm -hmm. Okay, what else? Anything else we remember about Moses? Let's see. Staff. Staff, yeah. Okay, yeah, that cool staff that God turned into a snake. Now notice what we, what we see here about Moses. What's that? Do you want to go with that Aaron? He wouldn't go without Aaron. Yeah, his brother. Yeah, his brother spoke for him, right? Killed the guy. Um, that's what I was getting at, right there. Notice what we notice what we uh, what we see here. We see all these leadership qualities, but you know what? Moses wasn't a perfect man. Moses killed a guy. He was in Egypt. He gets mad at a guy, just rage, kills him, and then is like uh, covering up, you know, his body with sand, and then he takes off and runs. We're better than Moses, right? I mean, I mean, I haven't killed a guy, right? I don't know about you, but I haven't killed anybody. And so, pretty excited about that. I'm, I feel good about it. Yet, Moses did something amazing that maybe even we in our, um, I guess, coddled American Christianity haven't fully done. It's in Hebrews uh, 11, 24 through 29. It says this, by faith, that word faith is basically our word trust. By faith, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated, along with the people of God, rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, by trust, by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. I don't want us to be focused, so focused on our sin that we're like, oh, it's going to be so hard, right? Because... If you think that, you believe a lie. You can overcome your sin. Now, hear me real quick. With your effort and hard work and defense, yes. 
But it takes the Holy Spirit moving within you. Working in your life. You can experience a life of freedom and peace because you know that your sins are forgiven. Jesus is looking for those who would rather be mistreated than enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Jesus is looking for those who would rather be disgraced because they follow him rather than seek treasure here on earth. Jesus is looking for those who trust him in the face of powerful earthly forces. So here's the question, is that you? Is that your heart? Because today can be that day that you decide, whether for the first time or whether just in that area of your life, I've got to repent of this sin. Today, you can give your heart to him fully, full commitment. I hope that that is your desire. I hope that you can go home and say, God, this is what I want to give. I want to give everything to you. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you call out sin. Thank you that you point out sin in our own lives. Um, We pray that you will show us how to walk with you, how to live for you. Holy Spirit, work in our lives as we work hard to say no to the sin that we have. Father, I pray that hearts would be changed and that you will take us from where we are to where you want us to be. Just that next step. Take our hearts and mold it ever more into the image of your Son. And we ask this in your holy and wonderful name.